are we doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? <laughs> oh, same old, same old. Yeah. So, I think we'll start by um, me sharing a little bit of uh, um, what's ailing me lately, and maybe you can talk me down from the ledge. How's that? <laughs> all right. This should be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, my day job. Um, uh, of course, we've been working from home because of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the thing. And um, uh, they have just extended us uh, working from home until July 2nd at this point. So um, March 20th will be a year. And um, I've gotten out on a few occasions to, to get out and just do other things and not be really in a whole lot of company. I mean, you know, you and I met for lunch one day and we did that. And, right. Uh, yeah, for that. I really haven't gotten out, gotten out a whole lot. Um, gotcha. And I don't know. I'm just kind of starting to feel the burn if that's, uh, you know, uh, and, and just that the, the email that I got the other day, uh, Friday, uh, that um, they're extending us through July. Um, and I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I, of course I have a family here and, and everything else. And I love my family and I, I, right. I love my wife and my kids, but they're like the only people I see every goddamn day. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and at some point I think self-care had kind of has to take a, a front seat. I don't know when that's going to be, but, um, I'm just tired of this. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I, th I think the vid has finally gotten to you because this is, I mean, so right. Our, our lives are entirely different. I, I live by myself. I don't have a family around me and uh, my, my day job, you know, puts me in the public constantly. Um, but the, the sentiment I'm getting from you right now, I, I've seen many times, many times from other people uh, that, that, that weird cabin fever, mm -hmm. um, and I think I, I think the um, the one defining aspect of it is you are sequestered with people you love, you know, people, your family, your clothes with you would do anything for, you know, for your wife and your kids. But at the same time that you cannot stand them anymore. And I think that's the conflict that's driving everybody insane. And it sounds like you as well. It's like. How you know I love this? I love these people, but I can't stand them at the moment. I need new faces. There is that. There is I, I being a person, and I think you'll relate to this, considering you know recent trips that you've made. The last time that we spoke, right? Um, I am not a person that gets a lot in the way of quiet time, and right. um, um, there's something to be said for solitude. Yes, most um, definitely. That I can. Uh, that I can wholeheartedly agree with, but I can, I can also say on the contra too much solitude, like I've been getting during the vid can be also detrimental. There is that, but you know, then I have the voices in my head to keep me company, but other than that, <laughs> you know, um, I, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think at some point, um, I, if I'm going to get any quiet time, it's usually on a car drive to go pick somebody up. Or, you know, like my, you know, my daughter works at, uh, uh, down, um, uh, well, about six miles away and it's a, you know, 
traffic. It's a you know like a fifteen minute drive, that kind of thing. So right, right, right. Um, I can get in the car and and go and pick her up. So I get I get like fifteen minutes, and and it's just me. It's at the point where I don't even listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. Nothing. It's just me. Just quiet. Right. Dude, it sounds like you just need to take you, you need to set some time aside. Go for a walk around the neighborhood. Go down to one of the state parks. Just take a walk. You know what I'm thinking I'm doing? I'm thinking of taking a drive. Um, you know, the drive down Princess Anne Road to go to like the Knott's Island Ferry. Yeah. I, I love that drive. Uh just just because it's it's a good 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you're still in Virginia Beach. Go figure that. <laughs> um, right. You know, but it's a nice long quiet drive and you know, i'm thinking i might just take that you know do years that, ago the yeah. last time i felt this way i actually went all the way down to nag's head turned around and came back you know but. you know um i can definitely relate with that so uh god this reminds me i need to get my motorcycle fixed um but you know when i used to go riding all the time it was it was relaxing because you know the way i figure it most people that drive, have been driving for a long time, you can kind of go on autopilot and let your mind wander while you drive. Yep. And that's kind of like what modern meditation is. Like you can sit still and zone out and try to focus on your breathing, or you can do something you, you know automatically like driving. And the reason I bring that up is because I also used to go out, uh, I would go down like Elbow Road and I would go through Pongo and I would go down to the Dismal Swamp on the on my motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And at times you know, there's just these long stretches of two lane blacktop, you know, between fields. And I would actually just go in loops. Um, and then, you know, monks is. Yes. Okay. I would ride out to monks, get a burger. And then I would, on my way back, I would just take every other turn and get lost. And it was relaxing. Like you said, it's, and if that's what does it for you, it sounds like, yeah, take it, take an hour, hour and a half out of your day and just go on a drive. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And and as like I said, I think that's just kind of the self-care I need right now. I'm, and, yeah. and <laughs> welcome to welcome to the 21st century where us, you know, modern red-blooded American males are talking about <laughs> self-care, you know. It's, what Dude. happened to bottling it in like we used to in the 80s when we Oh, sorry. <laughs> First off, it's a really damn big bottle, okay? <laughs> yeah. It it, it lasts Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm going to open my demons real quick here. Oh, right. Uh, oh. oh, what what do we got here? Oh, uh, this one. Uh, currently, uh, my tr problems and troubles are drinking Bunahavin, uh, a twelve-year-old single malt Scotch from Isla. So super Ooh. smoky. Now, single malt is better or worse or the same or what? Because um, I've heard single malt was like, well, it's more expensive, isn't it? All right, I'm going to dispel a couple of myths right now. Please do. When it comes to spirits, when it comes to anything, actually, you know, it really applies to um, the cocktail world and the spirit world. I've seen it in the cigar industry as well. You know, all these arbitrary markers of value and uh, experience. Mm -hmm. So, yes, single malt scotch is considered to be an acquired taste. A... <laughs> All right. Um, I heard a really good joke. I got to remember the comic's name. Uh, I'm going to find it. I'm going to text it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but there was a guy talking about single malt scotch and how it's an acquired taste. And his basically his joke was, yeah, so is prison food. But I guarantee you that they enjoy that shit much more. <laughs> it, it, it was basically... 
people that say scotch is an acquired taste basically you have to you have to suffer through it until you agree to to enjoy it which is bullshit so anyway single malt scotch is traditionally known you know or known as an expensive uh spirit that only cultured people can enjoy yeah we'll fuck that bullshit because i mean i like single malt scotch but at the same time i also like drinking rot gut so uh, but yeah single malt scotch um age statement so the older something is the more expensive it is as it should be and but supposedly it's also the it's higher quality which for me is really not because uh when it comes to whiskey anything aged over 15 to me tastes like wood chips usually toothpicks Mm. uh so yeah in the world of like cocktails and spirits there's this weird snobbery that um and in the wine all right any snobbery is where you have you can't enjoy something until you break it down to its component parts and then you have to label each of those component parts so for a single malt scotch it would be well what age is it 12 16 which region of scotland does it come from is it a single malt is it a blended malt is it a uh i forgot the third one why can't i think of oh just blended scotch um so yeah do i enjoy single malt scotch you damn right i like i prefer isla's um but at the same time in my other hand is a miller light or i'm sorry a miller high life tall boy and as soon as i finish this i have next to me a mai tai uh, to go cocktail from a local restaurant that's fucking delicious wow. so yeah i don't think i'm the i'm the perfect uh, spokesperson for uh, the good life as <laughs> no but you know you but you're but you're, you're a you're a bartender you know you know drinks so well, you know i mean I, I think if anything else you know i'm mean, and i understand that sometimes you know you, you don't really care what it tastes like you just want to figure out how many bottles of this i can get in a brown paper bag to take home <laughs> um <laughs> Because, you know, you think about the girl that broke your heart and you go, oh, yeah, three fists of Jack Daniels, please. Come on. You know, but I don't know. There's that. And then there's the, you know, I like and we talked about that. I like tequila, you know, and I don't. um, um, And I don't know brands. I don't know. And you don't uh, have things like that. Yeah, it's I, I was, this is something that came up to me when I was talking with my friend Nick's last night. I was, I was on an, um, I was on an interview show last night on Instagram. Um, I with, saw that. I didn't, I, I, I didn't watch the entire thing, but I saw you were doing that. Yeah. And he's a, uh, he's a, uh, uh, he does a podcast called do you speak geek? And um, for a minute there, we started to get into the concept of fandoms and, and I, I was going to take a left turn into toxic fandom Right. Um, even the, oh, you like Doctor Who? Okay, name all 12 of them, you know, or something. Oh, my fucking God, I hate that shit. I can't stand that shit. Um, there's a certain, um, there's a certain contingent of every fandom that is um, bullshit. And um, they, they've gotten beyond the point of being able to enjoy it for what it is. So and they need to overanalyze it. And I wonder if that's the same thing with, with snobbery and, well, in, in is. drinking as well. Well, yes. And actually, you just crossed two different things that uh, – uh, two different concepts that I've been thinking about. So uh, with snobbery – and like I said, it doesn't apply to drinks. It, it, it applies to music and, and art and games. You know, snob, Like I said, snobbery to me 
is somebody that has to analyze every single component. So in, in, in the case of music, you know, I can't like this band because they're a guitarist suck or it's not rhythmically uh, complex or orchestrated when, look, pop music is popular for a fucking reason. Yep. You know, it's simple. And not everybody's a snob. And so you have two kinds of people. You have the snobs, which are doing um, kind of like gatekeeping. Have you heard of that before? Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. gatekeeping is the other concept. So snobbery and gatekeeping. So I've recently found out that in the backpacking world, gatekeeping is huge. A lot of people will say, don't take, don't tag your pictures where you're at. Uh, Instagram people are ruining the woods. And I thought the same thing too for a while, but I also realized people are getting out in the woods. You shouldn't stop them from doing it. You should just teach them better stewardship. So with snobs, like you were saying, when people go, oh, I like Doctor Who, name all 12, that's both snobbery and gatekeeping. Yep. And this is something that uh, women have been dealing with for a long time, especially from fucking men, only from men, Uh, like in gaming and nerding, you know, list your credentials and shit like that. So, yeah. You remember the, uh, the Gamergate controversy from a few years ago? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, so I, and I, I remember when I first, when I decided, or when I defined snobbery, I tried, I tried to stop being a snob. I still do it occasionally. And I try to catch myself and stop doing it. But with drinks, I haven't done it in a very long time. Um, except for fireball, fuck your fireball. I, I can't get behind it. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. Just can't do it. I have to confess to you that there is one drink that I like that actually does involve fireball. Um, What's that? Cinnamon toast? Uh, it's, uh, uh, they called it angry balls. Uh, it was uh, uh, angry orchard with a shot of fireball. In it. Oh yeah. I've heard of those. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's tasty. I gotta be honest with you. So here's the thing. I will say this. I'm like, uh, Oh God. Remember sideways and, uh, not all. Oh, oh, yes. Who, uh, uh the Merlot guy, the scene where he's like, fuck your Merlot. I'm not drinking fucking Merlot. That guy. Yes. When I yes. catch my, when I catch myself being a snob, that scene comes into my head. And so what I, well, the train of thought I was trying to get to was enjoy your fireball. Don't like, like an asshole like me say you can't enjoy your fireball because it's it's a subjective experience and that experience is yours and enjoy it so i will say fuck fireball but that's just me that works you know i mean in any other contest yeah context you know uh uh, uh well <laughs> fireball and fucking is just uh, you should probably get medicine for that yeah if you're if you're using fireball as lube i would definitely be concerned right. actually that's just regret waiting to happen <laughs> if you're using alcohol in general i would be very concerned that uh no that's God, don't sounds- judge me <laughs> Look, alcohol is to be used internally during sex not externally <laughs> it's that's the surgeon gen- that is the surgeon general porn warning i don't fuck it <laughs> show title surgeon general's porn warning that's got to go right there that's the one okay <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I try not, like I said, I try not to be a snob. I catch myself doing it every now and then. And when I do, Paul Giamatti, that's the guy's name. Oh, Paul Giamatti. I, I love him. Oh, yeah. He, he plays a very good, upset, angry person. He's like the angriest Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, 
um, San, the movie San Andreas. I have not. It's an earthquake movie, right? Yes, it's basically 90 minutes of Mother Nature trying to kill the rock. Oh, that um, must have come out in 2008 then, because I believe that was the rage back then. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Giamatti is is a, um, a scientist. Um, and, you know, he's the stereotypical scientist that knows that, well, shit's about to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's that guy, you know, and it's the, it's not a matter of whiff, it's a matter of when, you know, and, and Paul plays those characters just so well, you know. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see uh, Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen and Catherine Zeta-Jones? No, but I've heard that's decent. Oh, it's, it's, it is, do you remember Crank with uh, Jason Statham? Yes. Shoot 'em Up is like Crank, but just nonstop guns, but Paul Giamatti plays this like um, ex-CIA analyst operative type mm-hmm. who's extremely sadistic, but family, but uh, famil- uh, family man. Mm. Daddy's oh, God. Go to you, work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should definitely watch Shoot 'em Up. It's a really, really just sit back suspend all reality and disbelief for a good hour and a half and enjoy it like gotcha. snob, movie snobs probably don't like shoot 'em up uh probably because the plot is laughable and is only about five minutes long and then uh the reveals are not surprising okay so it it's fodder basically it's 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 action movie cheese um uh, Oh God! I can, yeah, I can give it, it, that. I'll put it in the realm of like fucking Expendables or Commando or Rambo. It's just gratuitous violence for the sake of gratuitous violence towards hyperbole. Yep. You and I probably, and I, I've mentioned this. I have a, a guilty pleasure of watching the old um, uh, Canon uh, Golden and Globus action films from the eighties. I mean, they were just bad. But you know, like uh, which ones? Oh, like American Ninja. Oh God, um, yes. What yeah. about they? Oh, they, they live. That was John Car- Carpenter. Yeah, right? yeah. But that's oh, that's a fantastic movie too. Yeah, that's the that's the era of. You're right. That's the era of movies that we grew up on. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, Commando was one of one of these movies that uh, uh, Golden Globe is so, canon films. Yeah. Can, you, <laughs> Commando. Uh, I watched it at my grandmother's house. My grandmother. Was the one of those like contrasting juxtaposed people because she was very nice, but she could be vicious at cards. Like uh, we played Skippo all the time, and she would oh god. But we would I would sit and we would watch TV sometimes, and she would crochet, and we would be watching Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. She had the complete uh, Rambo collection. Ooh. Okay. I saw uh, yeah, Commando, Predator, all those things were VHS tapes at my grandmother's house. Not now, dear. The man's about to get perforated. I want to watch. Oh, and and uh, any as any good action uh, collection should have a lot and lot of John Wayne. Yes. Yes, oh. absolutely. You're just reminding me. We were talking. I was talking with my wife. Uh, we were talking about John Wayne somehow, and I was remembering a movie. Probably one of those ones are unlike a normal John Wayne movie, but it was called Finnegan's Reef. Yep. And um, uh, him and George was Kennedy. Or, was it Finnegan's or Donovan's? Donovan's Reef. Excuse me. Donovan's Reef. You're right. 
Um, and it, it, him and George Kennedy have a fight every year on their birthday. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a bar fight and they stop and actually have a drink for a minute and then they get up and start fighting again. <laughs> yep. No, I remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember that movie. The thing I remember the most about it is a woman, I think it was Kathleen O'Hara, I, I think uh-huh. is uh, in the back of a pickup truck with an open gate and they drive off and she's in the back of the pickup truck and it hits a bump and she just bounces out of the truck and lands on the ground. Oh yeah. I don't remember that scene, but I do remember that like comic shtick. Yeah. And I just like, how did she do that and not break everything on the way? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Right. Cause you know, all I hear is like, you know, ouch, my tailbone, you know, (laughs) So, well, you know, you, you remember falling on your ass and you remember that shit isn't a bounce and you giggle that shit or go oof. That's a holy fucking shit. Let me collect myself and my balls for the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just sit there and listen to yourself breathe for a minute. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever broken your tailbone? No, I have not. You? Okay. Uh, I thought I had. And um, <laughs> I... It, I bruised it significantly. Um, oh, shit. And I'm going to tell you, don't. Uh, well, I, I was surfing when I was a kid. Okay. And, um, um, uh, and I, I ended up, I fell off the board and the board followed me and hit me right there. And oh, um, shit. I thought I had broken my tailbone and it just, I know I just badly bruised it. And if that was a bruise, I don't ever want to have it broken because holy shit. <laughs> You, you can't bruise the bone. down. You can't stand up. You can't moving. Just hurts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You probably bruised the bone. Mm-hmm. Yep. That shit lasts a while and. Whew. Yep. So. I kind of ended up with an agreement uh, with. Um, uh, well, that was actually when I broke my shoulder. I got dragged under a wave and hit a rock and broke my shoulder. Gotcha. And, um, uh, but the she who must be obeyed said, "Could you not?" Um, put yourself in a position where your butt is over your head until the kids are grown up. And I went, yes, dear. Yes. I <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will try not to die. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was going to go, I turned 50. My kids, my last one graduated from high school. I turned 50 over the summer. I was going to go and rent a board on my 50th birthday and go surfing for the first time and since the- I was 25 years old. Holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fucking worked out. <laughs> so that sounds like that sounds like what you need. That's I mean, the beaches are opening up. I work at the beach now, and you know, I, I where I work is at the end of Atlantic. So whatever fucking street that is, uh, it's at the end of the Atlantic Boulevard. And um, I don't see a lot. I, there are some surfers, but I don't see a lot of surfers off that. They're usually at the other ends of the beach. So they're at the uh, north end or they're down at, what is that, First Street or whatever? Yep. At the end of down the other end of Virginia? Down at the jetty, Rudy Inlet. Yeah. Yeah, down, the, uh, down at Rudy. So, yeah, man. And the beaches aren't packed right now. So on a given day, you know, I can see all up and down the beach from where I'm at. And, you know, there's a lot of people walking, but there's not a lot of people in the water. So... I mean, I think you, uh, there's kite surfers every now and then, but I think, I think you could, uh, definitely hit the beach and get some, uh, solo time and get some board time, man. Maybe that's, that. that's the, uh, that sounds like some self-care right there. Yep. That might be it. I might have to go down and do that as I was, I was, uh, because I've been so far out of it. Um, right. People tell me it's like riding a bike and it's like, you know, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I'm not the most graceful person on the planet to begin with. If I was a Christmas tree rug, your house would be on fire. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, no, it would, it's not good for me. Um, I was thinking about taking the, you know, like the surf camp, the, the WRV, like surf camp during the summer and do that and, and rent a board right. and go out. Cause that, I was like, I think I might need to relearn how to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and if I can't do that, then I'll just grab a boogie board and just go buy, you know, buy, uh, uh, you know, board surfing like that. But yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think I will. I think I'm going to do that. I never got into like stand up surfing. So when I was a kid and we were living in Hawaii, you know, I, I got into boogie boarding and I really loved it. And I had a lot of fun. And then I grew up and I did wakeboarding, which is basically surfing behind a boat. Mm -hmm. But I never got into surf. And then um, actually, uh, when I was married, my wife and I used to go kayak surfing. Um, we would take our kayaks out to the beach and we would catch waves or we would just go to rivers and find um, what they call standing waves uh -huh. and surf on those. And but just stay right there, just riding that one right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we never got into, uh, but I ne I've never gotten into stand up surfing. It's so weird because I've done everything else around it. Skateboarded. Uh, yeah. That's weird. Hmm. Now, I didn't know. I, we hadn't talked about this. You, Because um, my family, we were stationed in Hawaii when I was in kindergarten. Um, yeah, my mom was in the Navy, so we were in Pearl Harbor as well. Oh, nice. So um, how old were you when, you when you were there? Oh, God. So my sister was born in Hawaii. So, and that is, and I swear to God, I hope my sister, you know, if you hear this, Nicole, I'm so sorry. Um I, she was born in 88 or 89. So that would have made me six or seven. Okay. And for those of you who can, who cannot do math, I was born in 1982. <laughs> no, I don't feel old. I don't feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, uh, I was born in uh, 70. And, um, okay. uh, at, well, at, you did, yeah, you say you just turned 50. So, yep. So I was, yeah, yeah. So born in, born in 1970. My, uh, my brother was born in, uh, uh, 75, uh, in at Tripler, uh, a Tripler hospital there in, uh, Honolulu. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, yeah, actually, I, yeah, I went that, to kindergarten actually, there. That so, hospital sounds super familiar. I think my sister was born there too. <laughs> Tripler army hospital. Yay. <laughs> yeah. If you were Navy, that's where you went. Uh, okay. Then yes, my sister was born there. So yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, and I, I had a great time there, and that's kind of where my geekdom. And we were talking about this uh, on the on the show with Nick's last night. That's where my geekdom comes from, because there was a Japanese television station um, that um, I turned it on, and and that was where I saw the big robot cartoons, um, the uh, the stuff that now people call Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, and uh, all that stuff. And, and, you know, that's where am I anime and, and the super Sentai stuff and you know, all that shit comes from. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And you know, when you're five years old and that's the, you know, the shit you see, this is the best stuff in the world, man. <laughs> so, and then you come back to the States and you can't find it anymore. And that was what it was back in the seventies. So I didn't right. see anything like that again until star blazers came out in like 77 star blazers. Yeah. Don't know if I saw those. Um, the, them. Oh yeah, I mean, you would know Star Blazers. The song was was about as memorable as you can think of. You know, they had to go <laughs> to a planet and get something and come back uh, within a year um, to stop the uh, the the comets or something falling to the Earth, or basically the Earth was going to get destroyed in a year, and they had to go there and come back. And huh. 
Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, there were a lot of cartoons coming out of that time, so. Mm. Yeah, there was. And as I said, I, and I just love the big robot stuff. So like uh, like uh, most people call it Transor Z in this in uh, in this country. But uh, it was Delta V was what it was called um, everywhere else. OK. Um, uh, Ray Dean, uh, Guy King, uh, all the big, you know, all these big robots things. And then you know, later on, obviously, you have Voltron. Um, and that's that, and that's where I think I kind of came in. It was like Transformers and Voltron and all that stuff. Yep. And. Love that stuff, man. So that was no, my, yeah, that was my okay. jam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So, and we, I uh, was talking about it last night and now, um, I don't know everything. I, I, I see a whole bunch of it on streaming services. And I realized that if I actually go down this rabbit hole, I'm not coming out. Uh, so <laughs> I had to stop myself because, uh, mash is on Hulu. Really? Oh, Oh God. Yes. And don't do it. I had to stop myself because, it i was just sitting there i was getting home boom oh yeah and just like zoning out and uh i mean i had to i had stopped watching it because it was taking up too much of my time and then i realized you know even for as progressive as 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 progressive as that show was in its time Mm -hmm. by today's standards it's a horrible fucking show you know because of the um the alcoholic overtones sexism and shit like that but yeah and, and well and that's that I, that is not where i thought you were going to go with that but yeah i agree with that i was going to say think i was going to go with it I, I don't know you know there was a big change in in mash um uh over the years uh there was, there was. a point and where they alan, and when alan alda took over as like the head writer you know they addressed they started addressing a lot more social themes but they, i mean they still you know were assholes yeah, they were. I just I was thinking of when they ditched the laugh track. Um, yeah, they got I, a little bit more serious then. Yep. There's one episode other than obviously the last one um, that always sticks in my head. And I think it was basically called the golden hour. There was a clock down in the bottom corner of the uh, screen and it was following one one soldier that got injured. Uh, so badly. yeah. Odd knowledge, I've watched a fuck ton of MASH. I know the exact episode you're talking about, and I can actually tell you the entire plot of it. I just remember Alan Alda sticking his finger down the guy's throat, and you hear, thank you, you know, something like that. So if I remember the one you're talking about correctly, the soldier came in, he had a fucked up aorta, and uh, Alan Alda had to put his hand in the man's chest to stop it from bleeding. Yep. They only had an hour. He can only cut off the blood for like so much time before he went brain dead or something like that. So it was a mad scramble to get to the OR, to get heart clamps, which was a big thing because they found him in Alan Alden's sock locker or something like that. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so it, it was a mad dash. It was a very intensive. And uh, it was one of those, it was one of the episodes where they, they definitely focused on the, in, the emotional intensity. Yep. Yeah. And I don't remember there being a whole lot in the way of jokes in that particular episode. If there was, it was really dark humor. Oh, uh, I think there were one or two dark, yeah, dark humor jokes, but the the majority of it was just hurry, 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 hurry. Holy fuck. You know, we're, we're, we're in the crunch time now. Yep. You know, and I remember right around that time, there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of shows that came out 
this was would have been early 80s that had to do with what I guess they called the golden hour that 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 one hour time where if you have somebody who's critically injured you you can you can save them within that that time right uh, there was actually one I remember called trauma center um, okay. that um, yeah and they and they <laughs> they uh God, I think Lou Ferrigno was on this one. <laughs> Holy shit, the Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. And it was one of those, it was, yeah, there was, a, there was a point in time on ABC where they had these really shitty summer replacement series that didn't go anywhere. Um, and they might have lasted like, you know, eight weeks during the summer. And then they realized, okay, this fucking thing ain't working and they cancel it. <laughs> so... Um, and that was one of them, uh, trauma center. Yeah. And that might've lasted maybe eight or 12 weeks. And then, uh, yeah, we never saw it again. Um, but Lou Ferrigno was actually comic relief on this show, believe it or not. <laughs> so that, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that, that say, so the fact that Lou, you know, everyone knows Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Yep. But here's on this other show. So I was going down the rabbit hole earlier today, you mm-hmm. know, just random train of thought impulses and I'm on YouTube. And I'm watching just like whatever clips. Uh, do you know uh, the actor that plays uh, Gomez on the Adams Family, the the the, uh, the movie? Um, Raul Julia. Raul Jewel. Everybody knows him as Gomez. He does have what I consider one other significant role. <laughs> Street Fighter. Yes. <laughs> I'm watching a dumb shit clip about Street Fighter, which is one of the worst, best movies ever. And here I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, holy fucking shit. It's Gomez Adams. And yep. for some reason, my mind was blown. Oh, I'm going to blow you for, I'm going to blow it further for you. Wait, 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 you're... Dying of cancer. It, that movie is, it was his last role. He was dying of cancer when he was doing that. Well, that's a good way to bring me down. Thanks. Yeah, but no, but you know, he, holy shit. The cheese he's got over the top line, you know, it was the worst day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> By the way, one of the clips I watched. <laughs> for you, it was the day Bison graced your village. Yeah. For me, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, or better yet, when, he, when, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, by the way, is Guile, where they're doing the like the boat race and he's playing the joystick with the country buttons like he's doing character selects. He's <laughs> launching mines and he blows them up and he just gets this wild-eyed look and he just screams at the camera, game over. Yeah. He does yes. it in that weird, I swear to God, at that moment, it, it was that excited Gomez voice. Game over. Like, <laughs> lost my mind they just go over the top with some of that stuff i mean if you've ever seen and back to back to golan and globus movies Bloodsport. yep um, yep yep i just remember this one when he's blind at near the end of the movie the final fight and they throw the the guy throws the dust in his face or whatever and he's blind and you just see this bug-eyed look on his face and he starts screaming right yep and yeah. it just like goes to the flashbacks of him learning how to fight blindfolded mm-hmm. god Jean-Claude Van Damme, ballet. It'll get you into martial arts movies. Sure, why not? Um, if you can do that, Jesus. I, I, that that split, every time I see it, just, um, it hurts me looking at it. <laughs> Actually, not, come to think about it, I think he had to do this. I think it was on his like r- contract 
rider or some shit. He has to do the splits in every movie, and they have to be raised splits where he's holding himself up by his legs. Yep. Yep. Because remember, in uh, I think in Time Cop, he jumps between the washer and dryer. Yep, he jumps between the washer and dryer and does that. He's a right because everybody has their washer and dryer six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking god! Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, you know, because our because our laundry rooms are that big. Yeah. Yeah, no, because everybody's got a walk-in closet plus two for your washer and dryer. Jesus. How about anyway. um, Steven yeah. Seagal movies? Oh god steven seagal he was one of those ones that was i it was i loved when i was little and then when i grew up i learned how much bullshit most of that is yep like he is a he is a, he is an actual practitioner of aikido um i don't know what level he is but he's been doing it for a long fucking time he's got lots of levels but all of his movies are like watching aikido training films where everybody's moving in that, that choreography. Have you ever watched a martial arts demonstration? Like the old ones in the eighties and the nineties. Remember those? Hey, Hey, you know, with June Reen, nobody bothers me. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's always this staccato motion, Go, uh, throw, stop, grab, throw. Um, and, and you can just, you can see the dance in it. Uh, newer, uh, more modern movies are still choreographed, you know, and they look like a dance, but they're a little bit more brutal. His just seem like you can't touch me. You no. know, uh, movies like Fire Down Below. Um, what was the one where he's the FBI agent that they couldn't kill? Hard to kill. Hard to yeah, that, that, exactly. Hard to kill. Um, all those fucking movies. Uh, oh god, it's just so bad to watch. Yeah, I can't. The first couple of ones that he did, like Marked for Death, Hard to Kill. I, yeah. I kind of like Under Siege because Tommy Lee Jones is a psycho. Stop. Tommy Lee Jones makes Under Siege. Like, that is the reason to watch that movie. And Gary Busey. Yeah, because he's just unstable. Forget Right. Because, yeah. first off, you're not going to get court-martialed as a Navy SEAL and decide to be a fucking cook. No. <laughs> Really? No, you're not. Seriously? That's so and and what is it? Under Siege Two is even worse because from a technology, the technology scenes in Under Siege Two are worse than the action scenes. Yes. Oh God. The guy entering two. I mean, yes, there is probably somebody out there that can enter two passwords simultaneously on two different keyboards with each hands, like a pianist playing keys. Don't think it was that guy. No, Tony Banks uh, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones, better villains than whoever the fuck was in Under Siege 2. I need to see a movie with um, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey, uh, Christopher Walken, and Willem Dafoe. I need to see those four in a movie, kind of like the Expendables, but they're just kind of trying to outact each other. I was thinking Expendables, so I'm going to take those. So we got Tommy Lee Jones, mm -hmm. Gary Busey, Willem Dafoe, and who else? Walken. Walken. All mm -hmm. right. If all right, so I would probably add to that Bruce Willis. Yeah. Okay. And oh, yeah. Malkovich. Yes. There we go. Willis and Malkovich. Yep. Because I don't know if you've ever seen Red. First um, off, love red, love oh red God. too. I think they're great I've, over the top movies. Helen Mirren, I, come on. 
uh, look, Helen Mirren will always be hot as far as. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it took me years to realize that um, one of the movies that I, I, I paid money for and shouldn't have um, uh, 2010, the year we make contact uh, with um, Roy Scheider is the, you know, the sequel to 2001. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that that was Helen Mirren. Holy shit. Yeah, she's in it. And um, uh, she's the uh, the uh, the leader of the Russian contingent. Uh, <laughs> and um, if you go back and see it just for that by itself. But um, uh, right. Yeah. It, but it, it, there's there's nothing else forget uh, nothing else. Remember uh, memorable about this movie. Um, somebody needed a paycheck. That's that's about the only reason they made it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I don't think there are any good. I mean, other than, you know, Kubrick's himself, you know, 2001 sequel movies. And when I say sequel movies, uh, movies in that genre of that, it's it's more thought driven than it is anything else. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. They, they should have never tried it. You you can't make a sequel to a Kubrick movie. You, it, Correct. It, However, there is one movie more recent that I will put alongside 2001 for hmm. both thought-provoking and the way they tell the story. Um, uh, Arrival with... Um, oh, she played Clarice. Um, the, uh, oh, uh, Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster. Uh, no, not Jodie Foster. Uh, I'm sorry. She was Clarice in... Um, the mo- uh, in Hannibal. Oh, uh, Juliet Moore. Yes. Julianne Moore. Excuse me. Julianne Moore. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I love the rival. And to me, I got a lot of 2001 vibes out of it because of the character development, the plot development, and just the way it was shot and conceptualized. Now, I haven't seen that. And I thought maybe when you, when you said Clarice and Jodie Foster, I thought maybe you might have meant Contact. Um, no although i did like contact but i think contact was a little too sci-fi for me like arrival was sci-fi but the focus wasn't on the sci-fi it was on the plot and you know what was going on um contact like everything was politically driven i want to say in the in the film until that very last point where she dropped right the chair yeah (laughs) That was weird. Um, that whole sequence, uh, and but they, you know, I mean, it was a Carl Sagan book. I mean, you know, he, he that's his. He was fantastic. I mean, if you read the book, it's fantastic. The movie didn't. I did not. I, I, I will say, I never read the book. It's worth watching. It's worth reading. Um, you'll, um, again, you know, sometimes the movies. Well, most times, I think the movies don't add up to the book. Um, the book was much better. So, um, yeah, what do you do? So. Then again, I will go back. I just found we were talking Carl Sagan. I just found the original Cosmos on YouTube right. somewhere. Yeah, and um, that's worth watching. Um, the um, they got that new series, the new stuff with Neil deGrasse Tyson that he's done. It's basically a a new version of Cosmos with uh, with him and Andrew Ian, uh, Carl's uh, partner for years. Uh, um, uh, has his uh, has her blessing, and I think Seth MacFarlane is a pro- was produced it of all huh. people. Yeah, that 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 boggles my mind. You know, hey Lois, hey the black hole's over there. <laughs> Brian, Brian, do you want to get reduced to component atoms, Brian? <laughs> God, holy shit! I'm trying to remember all the old sci-fi movies. 
Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, do, I mean, 84 Dune, the David Lynch movie, um, um, which um, people hated. I loved it. Um, which one? Dune. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, aren't they producing a new one or a new series? Yep. I am, I am so down. Um, it was supposed to be out Christmas of um, last year, but you know, as with everything, they've they've delayed it. It won't come out until Christmas of, of this year. Um, I think they said. Uh, and I I want to. Uh, this is one of those ones where I hope I can actually see this one in a movie theater. Um, right. Um, Dune is one of my favorite books ever and they're i think they're finally going to do this right the first movie is only going to be the first half of the first book oh wow yeah so they're going to try lord of rings it but in reverse oh they kind of have to if you want to put <laughs> everything that's in dune uh, uh, you, you can't yeah dune is pretty pretty dense uh, i think i mean everybody everybody knows dune from the dune film um but if I remember correctly, that that it's Dune's got like what 12, 12 15 volumes, twenty maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that if you want to be faithful to the original, here here here's my snobbery. Ready? Okay. Um, if you want to be faithful to the original, then you you stop at uh, book six, which is called Chapter House. Um, uh, that is uh, the last book that Frank Herbert. He didn't finish it. Actually, his son finished it uh, for him. But right. that's as far as I would go. Um. There's that on Apple TV. There's going to be a series or a movie uh, uh, based off of uh, one of my favorite series written by Isaac Asimov. It's called Foundation. Um, Never read it, but I do remember the um, the book cover and stuff like that. Yep. Um, Foundation was probably the uh, the the basis for so much of the sci-fi that we see today. It's 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 just uncanny. Um, so yeah, uh, when if you uh, it's, if you have Apple TV, see that uh, it's going to be worth it. Um, <laughs> I just finished. We we're talking about this last night uh, today. I just finished watching the Justice League movie today. Oh, the Zack Snyder thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people have been um, uh, raving about it, like really enjoying it and stuff like that. It was good. It was good. I I don't have the Whedon movie to compare it to i didn't watch it right um, but this was really good i'm i'm kind of disappointed that ben affleck isn't going to be batman uh anymore because he was really good um, yeah the funny thing is i don't think i've watched any of the dc movies uh justice league batman except for in clips here and there i want to go back and catch aquaman um okay because that one seems to be, I'd like to see the Wonder Woman stuff because Gal Gadot is really good. Def, are um, any of them on any streaming service uh, that like Hulu or Netflix or anything like that? Cause I, th I, I think they are. Yeah. Um, right. I try, I try to avoid, well, yeah. I'm trying to conserve money at the moment. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know that um, I know that the justice league stuff obviously is on HBO max. Um, right. And um so I, since I, I have that as part of my uh, part of my subscription, is I get HBO Max built into that, so I'm not paying extra gotcha. for it, thankfully. Um, but they also have Rick and Morty too. So I'm <laughs> on who? Oh yeah, yeah. on uh, HBO Max they have all the seasons of Rick. Oh and Morty. yeah, I, I got Rick and Morty. Oh, I had Rick and Morty through Hulu because they were playing the episodes like a couple days later or whatever. Mm, I I fucking love Rick and Morty. <laughs> that is a 
yes, I enjoy Rick and Morty enough. It, it's it's shitty enough animation with shitty enough precepts, but at the same time, they are insanely stupidly uh, layered and complex. Yep. They can be. I mean, I, I, I was a guy, I was an early South Park fan, um, uh, uh, but I lost the thread. They just kept doing the same thing over and over again, and I lost it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, what is it? Uh, who are the creators of South Park again? Matt? That's Matt, uh, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I mean, it's, they are, to me, like they're, the movies of theirs I've seen, Basketball, Orgasmo, and I'm sure there's one more. They're like a more bro version of early Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. And the problem is you cannot go more. You, you, it doesn't work. It, it was funny once, but you can't do the same joke over and over unless you're Broken Lizard and you're making Super Troopers 2. Right. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, so many people hated that movie, but I went there like, yeah, they did the same jokes. That's why I went. But with 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 basketball and or I don't know, the jokes weren't landing with me. They they landed yeah. once, like, <laughs> and they never landed again. I think they the last thing that they did that I think was good was the South Park movie, um, right? Because uh, if if you if you if you watch it. And you get uh-huh. if you can read between the lines of what that movie was, right? It's it's brilliant satire. Um, well, no, I think I think like you said, they they had you know when South Park, you know, early on, it was a really great show, and it definitely pushed the boundaries. And I do remember in an interview, they've always said um, there are no boundaries. There's nothing they won't do. You know, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of their mantra on the show. And but the problem is. When there's something you won't do, you tend to run out of shit fairly fast. Yeah, because how am I going to offend you this week? Right, and that's the other thing too. Is for them, they they they're trying not be shock comics, but they're they're definitely trying to push buttons. It's it's cringe humor. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, it's cringe humor in the sense that you're either going to laugh if you don't laugh at our jokes, and fuck you, don't be offended. Which is a stupid fucking premise, by the way. Yeah, it is that. More to the point, though, is that at some point, you know, your audience gets desensitized. Um, right. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> yawn. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I got to eject. I, it's the same reason why I don't watch The Simpsons anymore. Uh, the Simpsons have been on since I graduated high school, for fuck's sake. Uh, they're the um, longest running TV show, period, aren't they? Yep. Yep. Yeah. At this point, they um, uh, they beat uh, Gunsmoke a couple of years ago. Oh, my um, God. And um, yeah, catch that shit. Gunsmoke was the longest running until the, mm, anyway. Um, uh, but, oh, here's one for you. The longest running character on any TV show. Guess. Bart Simpson? No. Um, longest running character on any TV show. Mm-hmm. Like they've been on every episode? They've not only been on one episode of their show, they were on uh, many, uh, several episodes of another show. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, so just longest, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, was, I thought we were thinking the other way. Man, longest character on their TV show and longest character on another TV show? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to do a callback and say Alan Alda from MASH? No, but you're. Uh, uh, but it is a sitcom. And actually, I will tell you, there are two 
people that you could probably put in this. One is a comedy and one is not, uh, is a drama. Oh my God. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, Frazier. That's the one. That's the comedy. Now uh, you'll uh, try to guess the drama. Cheers. No, no. Cheers was not the drama. Um, well, Cheers and, Fra- Cheers and Frazier or Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, there is another actor who is on two television shows that actually is right behind Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Um, God, can I have the eras? Um, 1980s through today. Late 1980s through today. 1980s through today. Uh-huh. Is it The Simpsons? No. Okay. Uh, you got me on this one. Uh, is a uh, actor, a stand-up comedian named Richard Belzer, who um, he was on a show called Balt- uh, Homicide: Life on the Street, which is in Baltimore, and he right. played Detective uh, Detective Munch. <laughs> and there was a crossover where he became part of the Law and Order franchise or Law and Order SVU, and he was Ice T's partner for many years. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's the uh, it, uh, as far as longest-running drama character, it's Belzer. Uh, Detective Munch. Oh, and actually, I forgot. He's on a third show for at least one or two episodes. He was on the X-Files. Is this, and I'm trying to picture him in my head. Is this the guy that was the main character in Happy, the sci-fi sitcom or sci-fi series? Um, no, that's uh, Christopher Maloney. And uh, okay, he was, he was uh, Stabler on uh, SVU. Okay, um, gotcha. I didn't see a lot of SVU or so. Um. Richard Belzey, if you look him up, he's a, he is a, um, uh, a he was a stand-up comedian in the late seventies, early eighties. His contemporaries were Gary Shandling, Richard Lewis. Oh, Gary um, Shandling! Wow. Yeah, uh, all the folks from Catch a Rising Star in New York City. That's uh, that's where they came. All right, from. nice. Um, do you remember a Mike and the Mechanics video called "Taken In," where the band showed up at a showed up at a a, a house on a lake, and there was already a family there? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. He's in that video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, all right. Uh, that's okay. That that's my brain working for you. There you go. So. No, definitely. I'm like my brain's now my brain's now working in overdrive. I'm like, man, what other interesting television uh, trivia do I fucking know? Uh, I remember Richard Belzer is as Detective Munch hanging out with the lone gunman on the X Files. Right. You know why Richard Belzer keeps throwing me off? Ah. Uh. Isn't Belzer the name of the principal in Saved by the Bell? Belding. Oh, Belding. Okay, Richard Belding. Yes. That's right. <laughs> didn't See, they pop how- that? Oh, God. D- didn't they pop that guy for uh, the guy who played Belding? Didn't they pop him for child porn? What? Yeah. No, I, I didn't hear about that. The only thing I remember from Saved by the Bell is the guy that played Screech and he's supposed or how he has a huge dick and how he's kind of an asshole. Uh, and he's also dead. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, no yeah. Shit. He just died, like what, maybe a couple months ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was oh. that dude. <laughs> that dude had some mileage on him. Um, most definitely. I mean, yeah. But he, he mean, yeah. He was, you know. he, he was the comic relief on a, a show that was about high school drama. Hmm. <laughs> God, you remember? Uh, okay, early another early '80s uh, show, uh, Square Pegs, high school drama shit. Nope, never saw it. Sarah Jessica Parker. I mean, it sounds familiar, but I mm. never saw it. 
Yeah, it, it's it's early new wave high school fast times at Ridgemont High kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, that. But yeah, they decided to make a CBS was like, you know, we need to we we need to get in on this and and get uh, uh you know '80s high school shit going on and and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> so. All right, I got one for you. Yeah, I I think it only had a couple of seasons, but for some reason, occasionally, when I think about old TV shows, it pops in my head. Uh, Parker Lewis can't lose. Do you ever see that? Yes. God, yes. And the only reason I always remember it is because he would always come up with plans and they would always sync synchronize the fucking watches. Yeah. I remember the principal on that show was Melanie Chartoff, who was uh, on Saturday Night Live for a little while, I think. Now, was, was that a Nickelodeon TV show? No, that was Fox. That was Fox? Okay. Because yeah. mm -hmm. I, uh, I remember around that time frame, I was also watching uh, a lot of Nickelodeon, I think. Mm. back when Nickelodeon was in its infant, you know, burgeoning stage where they had a double dare and the ooze and shit like that. Mm. You can't do that on television. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the temple one. Uh, uh, Miss of the temple. Temps. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, like, yes. you, because it had the green screen room and you had to play in the video game. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that's 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 where my childhood usually was spent with Nickelodeon. I uh, I remember I think it might have been Nick, but uh, there was a, a show called uh, Ned's um, High School, Ned's the Classified High School Survival Guide or something like that. Um, I, never, I don't think I saw that one. It was pretty good. Uh, it was funny. It was written by um, uh, written I think directed by a guy named Savage Steve Holland, which you would probably know him. Uh, from a uh, uh, cartoon on Fox on Saturday mornings called Eek the Cat. Oh my um, God, I do remember Eek the Cat. And you might remember One Crazy Summer, the movie One Crazy Summer um, uh, with uh, John Cusack and Demi Moore, Bobcat Goldthwait. Is that the one where he, uh, the, the, the sailboat race at the end? Yes. Oh God, I love that movie because his nickname is Hoops and his, and his whole thing is he can't shoot basketball anymore. Yep. Except the one time. <laughs> yeah, except for the one time. Uh, yeah, I remember that movie because it also had a lot of illustrations because he would draw. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember. Oh that. no, yeah. that was uh, that was Better Off Dead. Oh, was that Better Off Dead? Yes, and God, that was great too. I love yeah. that movie. Um, oh my God, this is a very interesting nostalgic walk down memory lane. Yep. <laughs> I just don't make movies like that anymore. You know, back in our day, the movies were such better shot. Yeah. Kids these days will never know Molly Ringwald. They'll never know the, the bonding of a breakfast club. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. The Breakfast Club? <clears throat> yep, absolutely. I think that was, uh, when you talk about the best, some of the best movies ever made, I think you need to put The Breakfast Club in there. I think it is Ooh. such a good movie. I don't know if Breakfast Club would hit my. Uh, I mean, it is a good movie, and I can. It's definitely got a hard hitting cast, and I can definitely relate with some of it. I've been to a lot of fucking detention, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it does have some interesting scenes. You know what? I would like to see the Breakfast Club remade. You ready for this? There was a Nickelodeon show that actually did it. Oh my God! What? There was a Nickelodeon show that actually did a send up of the breakfast club. It's a show called, it was a show called victorious. Okay. Um, and it was a high school, um, Hollywood high school, you know, the, where the, 
everybody's i guess the the actresses or something like that so it's a performing arts high school okay um this is where ariana grande uh started um on this show um but yeah if you go by find it there's actually yeah i think one of the last episodes they did um they they actually did a full-on send-up of the breakfast club (laughs) that's fucking (laughs) hilarious it was oh it's fantastic you know um and they had to do it obviously there was a couple of things they had to change like you know the girls they can't hold the taco sauce they can't what they can't the girls they can't hold the taco sauce Oh my God. Which is the nerdy character, you know, saying, you know, the bitches, they can't hold the smoke. Oh my fucking yeah. God. <laughs> really? I mean, that should have been. Oh. You had to Nickelodeon it up, man. You can't really, you know. <laughs> Remember, I, there were weed references in the Breakfast Club. So, weed references? They were fucking smoking. It was weed promotion. Yep. So. Remember, the bitches, they can't hold the smoke. That's what the problem is. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my fucking God. Now I got to say, yeah, man, you know, because bitches can't hold the smoke. That Great. That's stuck in my head now. Yep. That's, yeah, that's that's the thing. But no, I, I think when you talk about the, some of the best movies, obviously the 80s, um, uh, I, I, I love The Breakfast Club. Um, I, when did- I, Pretty in Pink, I think you need to put up there. Yeah. I mean, all right. So uh, I don't, uh, I think this came out, this came out in the mid eighties. I think uh, you should know better than I would Caddyshack. Um, early eighties or late seventies. You know, I was thinking, you know, actually I was thinking about late seventies. That's why I was like, but Caddyshack is definitely up there in my top 10, just because if you watch that movie, you can still see the social class division today, which still makes all the jokes relevant. Yes, you can. Yeah. That I totally get. Oh yeah. Like, um, so Caddyshack is up there for me. I'll put Caddyshack up. I'll put Caddyshack up against Breakfast Club. I have one for you from the early '80s that I think everybody's forgotten about. But um, this was a movie I was forbidden to see as a young Ooh. kid. Uh, Porky's. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember Porky's. Yeah. I only watched it a couple of times, but I remember uh, being that movie was very, very. Uh, ill-treated amongst parents yeah yeah i was specific i was like you you are you're forbidden to see that movie which is Uh, funny because you know what movie i wasn't forbidden to see in hmm. my teens pulp fiction no shit no shit (laughs) my friends and i used to have pulp fiction watching parties you know like a bunch of 15 year olds at a friend's house watching pulp fiction but we could not watch porkies hmm and Porky's was a shitload funnier. <laughs> oh, most definitely. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, Kim Cattrall as the um, the very loud cheerleader. If you remember, yep. the, yeah. God. Um, but yeah, there's that. Um, uh, Porky's two, uh, Porky's Revenge. Uh, that's uh, oh no, Porky's two the next day, and then right. Porky's three, Porky's Revenge. Revenge. I, um, I don't I don't recall watching two or three, but I think I have. Well, one of the things about having a, a dad in the Navy on deployment um, and a, a mom that uh, basically came home and went to her room. Right. <laughs> um, I watched a lot of Skinamax as a kid. First off, I did the same. Mm. There was 
there was a shitload of skin in my <laughs> So what was that show that always came on late night? Um, uh, and it was the one that talked about people's uh, sex lives. That was real sex. That was on HBO. I was watching that. I was like 14 and 15. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think, yeah, we all, we all did that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> was that- nope. Yep. Definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. There was a lot of uh, on on Cinemax. There was a lot of Natasha Kinski movies. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> but I, I definitely remember like losing eyesight because I would sneak out to watch it because the TV. By the way, back in the day, not everybody had a TV in their on their phone. So, right. but I remember sneaking out to go watch TV and turning it super low. This requiring me to sit super close to the TV. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and of course the ultimate thing that you had to do back in the day back at least here in this area um one tv channel uh they, uh, they had one tv channel that had two separate channels and one of them signed off at nine o'clock and another one came on um <clears throat> so um at nine o'clock on this particular channel channel 26 uh the playboy channel came on at nine o'clock and my parents didn't have the playboy channel so um so if you turned it on, it was that weird scrambled screen with the black stripe, uh, squiggly stripe down the middle of the screen. Right. But you know, if you sat there long enough, you could actually make out kind of what the picture was, you know, and you can, oh yeah. Okay. There's a boob. I see a boob. That's, I think that's a, <laughs> it's a boob or that's somebody's nose is really fucked up. One, uh, you, guys, you know, God. You know, and, the and then with, you'd, hear, you'd hear somebody walking around upstairs and switch the channel real quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, man. Good times, man. I, yeah. Good times. There is a... And then dad comes home off the deployment and you can't really, you know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Um, as we close up... Uh, as we oh, close shit, up it has here, been an hour. Yep. Um, so remind everybody how to get uh, to connect with you on all the social medias. Oh, funny enough. Uh, I think I'm taking a bro- break from social media. Ah, this is your self-care. Yes, this is going to be my self-care. So uh, I've, like I said in a, a couple of uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I like going out and getting away from social media and hiking and backpacking. However, I have realized when I get back, I tend to up my consumption yep so uh i will be not deleting everything i think the i think going cold turkey is like rather draconian and not doesn't work as well as i think it does but i'm going to be cutting them back a lot of social media so i will be removing um you know like the main apps from my phone i'll keep messenger on um and then i'll probably keep well, you have my phone number and you can hit me up on Messenger, but I'll probably yeah. remove Instagram as well. Um, I might keep Twitter though, because I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter and I think I should. I, I think it would be a different experience. So I might keep Twitter, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely kicking off uh, Instagram and Facebook for a while and YouTube actually. So, but I've anyway, it doesn't matter which one from- I get rid of. I'm just... Ejected from what? Oh, I, I completely ejected from Facebook. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, same, same on every platform meme underscore of underscore Matt. And uh, I'll let you know how the uh, social media diet goes next time we talk. That'll work. And I, um, before we leave the show, um, I have an announcement to make. Uh-oh. Um, uh, and if you were listening last night on the show, you may have heard me mention it. Uh, the interview with Nick's. Um, I am actually going to end the current podcast that I've been producing for years. I'm going to actually end that. And I'm actually going to start a new show starting with episode one. And this show will be part of that new podcast. This show that we're recording right now, that will be part of that new podcast. I'm changing Dude. podcast hosts and I'm actually going to go back to, um, this is a challenge for me because I've been talking the talk on podcasts for years, but it is a yeah, long time since I've walked the walk. So I am going to create a new podcast from scratch. Why uh, didn't we open with this conversation? This is awesome, dude. I, I'm because I, I think we would have ended up talking about this for the whole show. So I, well, no, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed talking about all the movies, but I think I would have enjoyed, I mean, yes, definitely. But Dude, this is awesome news. Congratulations. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. What's the uh, name of the new podcast? Don't know yet. I am. Uh, <laughs> well, you're going, am, you're, you are like scorched earth, blank slate, whole nine yards right now. Yep. I, I, I actually, I, I gave some thought to, and if you've been a follower of my podcast for a long time, you know that I did a pod, uh, comedy podcast back in the day with the voices in my head. Um, and they were residents of Pungo. Right. I remember um, a little bit of this. Yeah. And so that's uh, Al and Bubba and all the, you know, the, the, the characters that I created years ago. Um, I don't want to call the show what it was before, uh-huh. but I think I want to bring back that show um, and bring, bring that back as a comedy show. Cause I'm kind of feeling the haha again, and maybe that'll kind of work out some of the other issues that I've got. If I'm actually challenging myself to, to, to do that on the fly. Cause that was basically an improv show. I just turned on the mic and went. Um, right. But quick question. If you that. reboot that show, mm-hmm. but quick question, if you reboot that show, is it an original? Um, if I reboot that show as an original, I, the way I plan on the way I think I'm going to do it. Yes. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, again, I'm not married to this idea yet. I, I, um, um, I'm kind of, I'm maybe about halfway down that road. Okay. Um, and the, the, the working title that I have in my head right now is radio free Pungo. Okay. Um, it may be something else entirely by the time I'm done with it, but, um, <laughs> well, but awesome, this man. show will be, this show will be part of that feed. Um, okay. and, um, I, I actually will want to get, I actually want to get with you, um, later about the frequency of the show. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we can definitely we'll talk. talk about that later. Cool. Anyway. Definitely. So, um, and for me, since uh, ending the show, you can get a hold of me on uh, social media at Chris Rowley, K R I S R O L E Y, one name, all the same on most of the platforms. And, uh, of course, Chris where, uh, all the uh, stuff flows and flows heavily. So, there you go. All right. Matthew, thank you. I will see you next time. Next time. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.